Oh, that is so good. Then we're going to give it a minute. Listen. Oh, wait till the chorus. <laughs> Hang on, wait till you hear the guitar okay. on the chorus. And then we'll start. Dude, I refer to those as the buzzsaw guitars. Oh, yeah. Oh. I might be my favorite one I've heard so far of Queens of the Stone Age. I love that. And again, the fact that we are 243 episodes into the Brian Oak Show. Oh. (laughs) Again, you know I'm an unrepentant fan, right? Like, I'm a freak. Yes. And this song is menacing. Threatening, loud, raucous, and sexy as fuck. All right, well, fine. One more time. We're going to hear one more chorus. Then we're going to finally really start. All right, all right, let's go ahead and bring it down. <laughs> I, I was a little wound up before you got back in here, and um, I was listening to some music to deal with my emotions, and Queens of the Stone Age have a song for every occasion for me. Now, other people feel that way about Rush or Britney Spears or some weird foreign band I've never heard of, maybe Seeger Rose. Hopefully not the National, because man, is that a bad band. But for me, <laughs> Queens of the Stone Age, I hate the National. Queens of the Stone Age, I, it's so boring and monotone. Yeah, yeah. But to each their own, right? Like, yep. if People someone came up to me too. and they were, they, oh my God, they love them. But I just, I, I, I've listened to all of it and I can't find one song I dig. But that's the great thing about being a human being. Yep. Existence, we all like different things. And shockingly, some people enjoy listening to the Brian Oak Show podcast weirdos seriously episode 243 here in the smart start mn studios i wanted to play that song to begin with because i'm, I'm kind of seething right now yeah you know i try to do my best when it comes to the internet of not feeding the trolls and not taking the bait right like i'm a grown man i'm 53 years old i should know better than to take the bait when someone out of nowhere from nothing just becomes an abject asshole. Yep. So earlier today, like in the morning, I always try to find one little funny or weird or throwaway item to post on Facebook. Sure. I just as, so this one is literally an infographic, as you can see from oh, here, yeah. of the various colors of blue jeans across the states <laughs> yeah, in 2018. Like, you know, black je- black jeans out in California, yep. New York. New York and, yeah. But then like all through the Midwest and down in the South, various lighter shades of blue jeans. Yep. It's not brilliant, but it's a funny little giggle, right? And it doesn't mean anything and then this motherfucker out of nowhere says you know oh, he said so nice your vagueness sucks and i was like what are you <laughs> exactly what, what are you even talking about are you uh, my vagueness regarding a humorous infographic and then i also did write because i can't stop myself also you spelled vagueness wrong and then he came back. <laughs> oh, oh, no, here's, here's where it gets very real. Now, again, we're talking about a goofy little cartoonish comic that, infographic, but, by right? By the way, that you didn't, uh, you know, use your Microsoft Paint to create. Exactly. I, I saw it. I shared it. <laughs> to me, it was just hilarious because, like, blue jeans, get it? Ha, ha, ha. It doesn't mean anything. And so he's like, your vagueness sucks. And then he goes on to write, you know what else sucks? Feeding your own kid booze. Fuck you, asshole. You did it. What a jack. I mean, and I'm not here to grind an axe, but I wrote back to him, well, that escalated quickly. Yes. What are we actually fucking talking about right here? What are you really mad about? And then, of course, because he got under my skin, and I shouldn't have let him. I blame myself. I did write to someone who will go by the name of JW, because we don't want any legal implications, but his name does rhyme with Jason Wayne. I wrote, <laughs> I wrote. also, fuck you. You don't know shit about what actually transpired. There only seems to be one asshole present here. Another cowardly internet tough guy. Yet another sad little predictable internet troll. You'd be laughable if you weren't so sad. Fuck you. Also, what does any of this have to do with blue jeans? You skip your meds today? And oddly enough, Ooh. everything's been quiet on the Western Front since that yeah. time. I, and I, I know better than to feed the trolls, Sean. I do. Because I'm over here going, well, she was 
20 and 10 months when that happened. And I didn't give her booze! Exactly uh, anyway, right. Any, it was any, ice. Sh- and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I know, I know, but it's I'm hard so, to not want to come to your defense. I'm so over it, but the fact that this guy feels comfortable taking pot shots from the side is everything I hate about the internet. And I'm actually, you know who I'm really mad at? Myself. I know, I know. Because I know. I, That's I, what happens to me. I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't do it. take a breath. So I had to get it out of my system Oof. with a little Queens of the Stone Age buzzsaw guitar. We're going to have some great guests coming up to join us. Both have been on the show before. One, a brilliant musician who is the front woman of an incredible band. The other, everyone's favorite punk rock librarian. And so we'll talk to them in a minute here because they've got a cool event coming up this weekend. And one of them is leaving town soon for good. I know. And we'll talk more about that just ahead before we get to the redemption arc part of the show, which early on it went dark very fast. I do want to thank uh, the good our good friends at Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. You have a DUI, they can get you back in your vehicle way sooner than you otherwise would and for a lot less money and you're going to need to drive again. And even if you aren't found guilty, you're still going to lose your license. It's a drag, man. A, don't drink, drink and drive. B, if you do drink and drive, get a hold of our friends at Smart Start. Yeah, go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. Exactly. We have Annie Anneking and John Copeland coming up to join us here very shortly. They've got an incredibly cool and interesting event happening at the Hook. It is at the Hook. No, it's at the Driftwood. It is at Saturday. the Driftwood. Saturday night. Yep. At the Driftwood this coming S-A-T-U-R. Saturday. T-U-R. Sorry. Name the band. Sweet. No. You're close, though. Wrong country. Oh. Same haircuts. Oh, 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 oh. They had a Saturday morning Does it start TV with a show. T? Nope. The Bay City Bay Rollers. Bay City Rollers. I knew that. I, I knew it was did. Bay City. And Damn I, it. Pop quiz hotshot. And again, I wasn't oh, trying fuck. to really test you. What did but, Sweet I mean, do? Oh, Fox on the Run. Yeah. Little Willie. Little Willie. That's uh, what I was thinking of. Oh, they, I mean, they got a yeah, ton yeah, of yeah. great That's what I was fact, thinking of. Mm, man. You know what? I, 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 I've got to let the, I've got to let our guests have their songs, but oh, a little sweet. I'm jotting myself a note right now because next week we are not only going to start the show with some sweet, but we're going to play some sweet. Oh, blockbuster with the alarms that go off at the end. All right, sorry, you no distracted problem. me. No problem. Before we get to our guests today, who really do have a very cool event coming up, that's going to be more than worthwhile to see. Um, I wanted to play a song, so I was mad, right? Thinking about all this bullshit that happened on the internet today. Yep. Someone takes a pot shot at you that involves your family and someone who means so much to you. Yeah, that's fucked up, man. I mean, and again, I. What made him mad again? Was it the the color of the jeans? It was about him. It was about him, and he was having a shitty day, and he's mad at the world, and you're part of the world, so you got to be picked on. He said, "Fuck you, asshole," to me, and That's all I not did even was, nice. I posted an infographic about jeans, but here's what I'm doing, Sean. I bit. I took the bait, and now, even though I promised myself I wouldn't, I've sullied our very show by denigrating and getting mad and trying to take retaliation, which is what got me in trouble in the first place, Sean. <sighs> So here's what we're going to do. We're going to turn to the music of We're going to break it down a little bit. Yeah, right. We're going to mellow it out. And, uh, hey, it's a snowball. Girls on one side, guys on the other. But maybe if you want to, feel free to dance around the room while you enjoy this particular song. Can you uh, skate backwards? Kind of. I'll try. Lurk. Um, it's a song written by Burt Bacharach. Here expressed beautifully by Jackie DeShannon. What the world needs now, Sean, is love. Sweet love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for everyone. Enough to climb There are oceans and rivers Enough to cross Enough to last Till the end of time What the world needs now Is love, sweet love It's the only thing That there's just 
Go yeah. now? Yeah, go now. Okay, I'll go now. Song's over. That right there would be Jackie DeShannon huh? with huh? her take on... Oh, dude. Huh? Huh? There got to be probably 5,000 recording, <laughs> recordings of that song. But there are certain songwriters that transcend even songwriting, right? Like, like the great poets or the great sculptors or the great painters. They're, they write things that anybody, even playing on a toy piano or a Fisher-Price xylophone it would still sound like a masterpiece, right? And Burt Bacharach is one of those people. Oh, yeah. Simple can be dandy. And it's not even simple. I was just, it's it's perfect. It's like the golden ratio, right? It's like the Pythagorean theorem, except it's in music. There's just nobody else quite like that the guy. The song, uh, God Give Me Strength, does it to me yeah. every time, too. That's another good one. And there's so many good ones, including my dear friend, Sean. How are you today, Sean? I'm loving this weather. Yeah, man, the is driving, the, the driving sideways snow. I love it. Like in mid-April, it's, just a mid-April, nice, cool. It's not accumulating, but every time I've gone outside today, it's literally been blowing sideways. Yeah, it has been like yeah. thirty to forty mile an hour winds yeah, out yeah. there, and it's um, it's not exactly spring-like, right? It's not exactly like a a verdant field filled with fawns and nymphs and fairies well i'm not worried about me blowing away in the wind no i've managed to you'll be fine make sure that i'm nice and sturdy and low to the ground (laughs) Uh, you know center of gravity is still a little higher than i would like yeah if you you can squat a little bit more i I try to walk and squat if you can do that don't do that because we're about to talk about your other profession which is you being a realtor at 50th in france and if people think you're going to walk into every showing as a sumo wrestler they might get turned off about it in fact you carry yourself upright almost like a regular person i do yeah yeah most days how are things going these days they're really busy uh busy good in most most cases but sometimes not so busy good when there's multiple offers and we don't win that particular offer but there also becomes a a there's a time and a place where you just got to walk away you got to say eh that was that's too much right uh and i just try to counsel people on the investment side of things and 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 try to really think through how long they're going to stay in a home well, and even uh, if, if we live market. in an era where where things are so contested, I mean, you may have to, you know, overbid, but you can't be crazy about it, right? No, you can't be crazy about it. There's a point of diminishing returns, and there's also just the mindset of this is not, if you're going to bid over 30, 40 grand, whatever it happens to be, you really need to stay in that property seven, 10 years or more. So uh, if you're on the buy side, sell side, I handle both of them. Give me a call, 612-859-2594. In fact... John and Westy Copeland, I sold, uh, helped them sell their house. They did all the work. I just helped them uh, with the actual for sale sign and 
getting people to the property. But just taking your piece. Just taking my cut. Wetting your beak. I'm really trying to help Edina Realty yeah, get, no, you know, I get to it. really do well. I was going to ask if there was any truth to the rumor that uh, the only reason John Copeland is on the show today is that you said, listen, Copeland, you want this house to sell? Or yeah. you want me to torpedo this shit? You better get your ass into the Smart Start MN Studios. Well, the cool thing is, uh, if I can get Venus to Mars to actually respond to me, we're going to be donating a portion of this sale to Venus to Mars. So I just yes. haven't heard back yet. But maybe you have a different way to get a hold of them. So Well, and again, that's something you do on the buy and sell side. People can say, oh, you know what? I love this artist. I'd like to give some of the money to them. And that's something you do, which is cool. I think that's a very, it's a very community-oriented thing, a very scene-oriented thing, and a pretty important thing. And I think that, you know, given the, you know, how most realtors are vipers, you seem to have something of a human soul inside Well, it's you. not the only thing I do. I'm really proud of that aspect. I also just uh, worked with our friend Jared uh, Brewington, who's on the uh, board for YouthLink, and I just uh, had Edina Realty helped out, and we donated $1,000 to YouthLink for Great. at-risk youth. I also do a military donation as well for people that are homeless uh, veterans. So kind of some cool different things. If you know somebody that's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594. That number can also be texted. If you dare. If you dare. All right, everybody up on your microphones. I need you right front and center right now. Oh, talk about military. Well, no, I just, it's all, it, it, there's no guns here. There, there's no That's marching. True. We're sitting in a Get very small down, room. Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say you could do it? <laughs> John Copeland, Annie Annie King. First of all, I want to say hello to both of you. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? Okay, good. Look at that. I'm good. Um, we've had you both on before, so I don't want to do the whole backtracking thing of the where are you from, where you been, what are you doing. Annie Annie King rocks crazy and melts yes. faces on the regular and does it with consistency and passion and you believe her. That, that, to me, that's the bottom line, no matter what form artistry takes. Again, going back to sculptors or painters, chefs, whatever, if you believe them, then it's enjoyable to see them and experience the work that they create. Annie, I believe you. Mr. Copeland, you are everyone's favorite punk rock librarian i mean and you've you've chosen it and you've crafted a really cool unique pathway for yourself also how many times now have you jumped out of a plane i think right now it's at like 1037 or something you realize that like that's a perfectly good airplane you could just fly in it and then let it land and get back out of it and that would be you've thrown yourself out of a perfectly good airplane to parachute down more than a thousand times yes I'm going to ask you something. And I, I, I don't want. I don't this want. This could be to a take, very short show. If I don't, he I, answers, I, yes, I, no. I don't, want, I don't want you to take this, this the wrong way. And we've talked about it before. But what the fuck is wrong with you? What, the, the, were you scared at least the very first time? Oh yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm still scared, but uh, yeah, I mean, now I'm pretty used to it. But yeah, the first you're terrified the first few times, but it's so thrilling that you want to keep doing it again and doing more things so, i get yeah. that but i mean you're familiar with the law of averages right like say you decided you're only going to do it five times in your life odds are pretty good your shoot's going to work every single damn time you do it more than a thousand times and now you're basically giving a finger at the devil and to god and being like look at you i'm defying everything that was designed <laughs> i'm supposed to be sitting on a grassy hillside somewhere and i'm jumping out of an airplane right, do you ever worry that the equipment's not going to work yeah, but you have like a backup parachute um, for emergencies and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the statistics are you're more likely to die driving your car than, you know, jumping, parachuting or, or you know, or riding a horse or skiing or something like that. But people just because it's so kind of extreme, people always like are like, how could you possibly do that? Kind of extreme. But- <laughs> you're jumping out of an airplane at thousands of feet. You know, what we should get hung on the door. Sean is a plaque that says you have a. Less of a chance of dying in the Smart Start MN Studios <laughs> than you do jumping out of an airplane. Or horse skiing. Yeah. That's what I heard him say. <laughs> so we have you both in here today, uh, despite your separate disciplines, because you will be coming together this weekend for a very cool event called What Are We Going to See Tonight at the Turf Club? By the way, before... No, no, no. The Driftwood. 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 
Did I say turf club? Drift club. Yeah. I meant the drift word. The turf wood. The hoof drift. what? <laughs> horse skiing. You threw me off. That, <laughs> Sorry. All I could see was the horse logo. <laughs> and, and Just the, the little shoe. red oh, yeah. skis, too, from Kmart that your yeah, parents yeah, got yeah. back in the 70s. So yeah. at the Red Owl this weekend, you'll be doing a show <laughs> called, <clears throat> what are we going to see tonight? It's going to be at the Driftwood on Nicollet in South Minneapolis. Before we go any further, one of the most frequent patrons of that particular establishment was Dan Backen. Do you guys know Dan? Yeah. And you heard the news? Yes. I mean, a lot of people know, know him as Monkey Boy. Yep. If you've ever gone to a show at the Driftwood or many other places for many other bands, maybe in the alley behind Hi-Fi Heron Records, many other places, there was always a guy out front, even if he was the only one dancing, that was dancing his head off because he loved nothing more than music. Mm. And he brought... I mean, not only that exuberance, but he loved lamps. He made yeah. lamps for people, you know? I mean, for everybody. And so the news just came down mere hours ago that Dan is no longer with us. I didn't hear how he passed, but it's terrible news. Yeah, it is. And John Clifford said a really great thing, which is that he he made lamps, so he, like, literally brought the light. Yeah. Oh. And he danced, and he mm. loved everybody, and, like, was such a wove, so woven into the music community, and it's, like, it's a terrible loss. Yeah, well, we'll we'll dedicate this particular show to Dan, then Monkey Boy, as he was, I mean, I've only met him a couple times, even though I was at many shows he was at, but he... Man, I mean, I'm I'm like afraid to dance in public, but that guy, that guy wasn't afraid of anything. And he was always experimenting. He was like checking out new ways of moving. He yeah. was really, he was a, like a scientist of movement. So really? it was like he moved because he was joyful, but he was also really interested in it as a craft, as a as a, a way of, a, of expressing himself. And he would experiment with different things. I would hear him talking to other people about what he was checking out That's that so night cool. specifically. Yeah, really? it's very cool. Yeah. Well, it's a terrible loss, and I know a lot of people are hurting from it right now, and I know that tonight at the Driftwood, there's going to be Lolo's Ghost performing, and that'll probably be very damn intensive. This weekend, this Saturday at the uh, Driftwood, um, there is going to be a show called What Are We Going to See Tonight? And so I guess I'm going to ask you both, what are we, and it's not tonight, but it's in a couple nights, what are we going to see that night, John? Well, so we have uh, uh, Larry from the Driftwood had told Westy and I that we could basically put together any kind of a show party, whatever uh, we wanted to, because he had bumped into me because I would go see Lolo's Ghost or St. Dominic's Trio or something while my kid was in karate a couple blocks away. Mm -hmm. And so I got to talking to him. And then he somehow discovered Westy and saw that she was an artist and invited her to hang art on the wall. Yeah. Um, so she's got uh, a bunch of her artworks on part of the wall there. Yeah. So we're going to make it a part um, art meet the artist thing. If anyone wants to meet her and talk about her art and she's going to be selling things for cheap. Um, it's also going to be this book that I'm I'm writing a book for anybody who doesn't know about my 50 plus years as a music fanatic. Well, and, and, and I mean, let's not damn that with faint praise, right? I mean, that's an important part of it. Annie's going to be playing as well. But the book part of it, we're, I want to save until after this first song because I really want to dive into why you should write a book and why you are writing a book and why it's called You Ought to Write a Book. But I guess the main thing I want to say is I don't know anyone, and I know a lot of people who go out to shows. I've been to a lot of shows myself. I literally do not know one other person who goes to more shows than you do. Yeah, it's uh, I just have to do it. It's my it's my thing. You know, I love to see live music. I mean, sometimes five nights a week. I'm yeah. seeing your post the oh, next yeah. morning, man. Sometimes and like that. Yeah, that happened in March because uh, all these kept, things kept getting postponed with Omicron and everything else, and then everything seemed to get scheduled right in that week. Yep. And like that gets tough on the family, and they're like, you know, can you like take a night off and be home with us? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, but um, so I try not to usually go out that much, but I do go out a lot. Well, and, and see, I don't think I yeah. don't think it's you. I, mean, I know your family, and I don't think it's you abandoning your family, but your love for it, it's, it's literally like oxygen to you. And Sean and I talk about that yeah. all the time. We've talked about it to so many musicians mm -hmm. that from a fan standpoint, from a music appreciator standpoint, I mean... COVID and lockdown, you must have felt like you were locked in some sort of chamber and, and, and suffocating. I mean, I, what's the longest you've ever gone without seeing a show? It had to be during COVID, right? Yeah, and there were two little breaks, like the beginning of COVID, nothing happened, but then the weather got nice and people started doing outdoor shows. Mm -hmm. And so I went to tons of outdoor shows, just small little local things. Mm -hmm. And then eventually the Ice House started doing, you know, and then last year Hook got into it and Palmer's got into it. Um 
yeah, last winter, the, again, there was a lull because the clubs weren't open yet and there were no outdoor shows. So um, those two little times of two or three months, yeah, I pretty much just had nothing but, you know, <laughs> that's how it was. So, Annie, you, uh, with Annie and the Bang Bang, your band, uh, we talked about it last time, but, I mean, lockdown was hard. Are you looking at aggressively getting back out there, easing back out there? What is your approach as we look at 2022 as to getting back out and playing? I'm aggressive. Well, I don't doubt that for a minute. I've seen you play live. I, <laughs> I guess I guess I mean in terms of your scheduling and what you want to do with the year ahead, are you going to try to be out there as much as you possibly can? Yep, we do. Um, in June, things start to really pick up. Like at the end of this month, we get to play uh, the Minnesota Music Festival, which uh, Midwest Music Festival, right? Mm-hmm. which I'm really excited about. Are you doing about. the Winona or the Lacrosse La Crosse Winona. Days? Doing Winona. Well, I'm yep. going to see you down there because Sweet. I'm going. I will Come too. say hello. Come I'm going to pop hello. down there too. Oh, yeah. Gladly. Awesome. Yeah, 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 we play on the Saturday at 3 o'clock. Um. Uh. And, Where do you know? Uh, the Levy stage, I think. Okay. And they have this little app, and like you can read the schedule really easily. Their app so, is fantastic, it's so and, great. Win- and Winona is such a manageable oh. size downtown. I mean, like even if you're going to go see something at the Masonic Lodge, it's a little bit of a hike, but it's. T- I mean, get your steps in, okay? Yeah. Go see the bands. Yeah. Winona is the perfect size for a music festival yeah. like this. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And um, yeah, and then we're going to record another album. And uh, before, I actually, I've had a question on my mind, and we don't have to answer it now, but I'm super curious, John, about, for you, what is the intersection between your love of music and your and this this desire you have to jump out of planes? Like, I feel like that's a thing. No, no, it's, a, it's, it's actually a thing, because I feel like it touches that same lizard part of the brain, right? Yeah. But before you get to answer that, John, we're going to hear a song, because we've gone too long without a song. Why this song? Why this version? Why the Ramones? All right, well, uh, so a couple things about this song. Um, so as we said, like this night at the Driftwood, it's going to be, um, meet Westy and Annie and the Bang Bang are playing and also kind of Fonda Wanda. But in between them, I'm going to read for about half an hour from this unpublished manuscript of this book that I'm writing. Um, so there are threads that kind of have gone through the book as I'm looking at different parts of my life. And this song, this two minute and 15 second song covers like two big threads that run through the book. Um, one of them, the Ramones, and the other one, the Trash Men, keep popping up. Uh, in 1978, I was 14 years old and went to see Foreigner at the St. Paul Civic Center. Nice. Um, got free tickets because I was working at a Top 40 station, all this kind of stuff. The Ramones ended up being the opening band. <laughs> For Foreigner? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I don't know how that got booked. Wow. But, but so that was the first time, and I wasn't. Quite, I was just on the cusp of discovering this kind of crazy music, uh, punk rock. But I wasn't quite there yet. But they had an impression on me. I thought these guys are cool. You know, the songs are so short and so fast, and there's a pinhead running around with a gaba gaba hey sign and everything. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was it was just a year and a half after that when I was 15, spring of, uh, what would it have been? 80, 1980. Um, and the first time I ever went to a concert at First Avenue was the Ramones. I was 15. I was underage. Uh, back then, I was able to bullshit my way in somehow. <laughs> they, you couldn't do that these days. No. And it was still called Sam's. It wasn't even First Avenue yet. Right. You know, and then through the years until they broke up and, like, all of them died. <laughs> but uh, before that, like, in, in grad school, the very last day that I, after I earned my uh, degree, my master's of library science degree and I did some sort of project and that very day they had a free spring fling concert on campus with the Ramones and Screaming Trees and so you know the the Ramones run through and um, I've probably talked too long we should hear the song but I would like to tell the the Trashman thread maybe after we hear it. Let's do it right on the other side of this. Here's the Ramones doing the Trashman on the Brian Oak Show.
If I pretended to know anything about the 1960s garage rock scene <laughs> in Minnesota, I would be fraudulent, right? I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I hear about it, and I'm like, oh, yep, them, oh, yep, them, oh, yep, them. But the Trashmen were from Minneapolis, mm-hmm. Minnesota, and that song became, again, it was a different era, right? It's the early 60s, so you could have a regional hit that was massive, that everybody knew, everybody danced to, everybody lost their minds to. You go four states away, nobody has ever, ever heard of the Trashmen, right? That kind of regional, cool localness was a big deal, but of course that song would go on to transcend it. They're being covered by the Ramones, and you, John, said that you had a Trashman thread you wanted to follow. Right, so the trash men have uh, popped up in my life in many different unexpected ways, um, and mostly because of that song. Um, so in 1984, I spent three months in London studying. I went through a theater arts program at the U. I was studying theater in London and going out and seeing as much uh, live music as possible. Mm. And so towards the beginning of the trip, one of my buddies and I decided to go to the 100 Club. And we went because we heard, you know, the, the Sex Pistols had played there, and so it kind of had this mythical status to us. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know any of the bands playing that night. And it turned out it was kind of rockabilly night. And the first couple bands kind of sucked. And, <laughs> and, and we were almost... I think we've all been there. Yes. But, and we were almost going to leave. And we, and we were like, oh, well, let's just stick around and see one or two songs of the last band just in case. And they turned out to be amazing and awesome. And they were called the Stingrays. I don't know if anybody's you know heard of them much in the U.S., but um, they had stand-up bass, stand-up drums, guitar, and then the singer was this uh, dude named Ball who had uh, this spelled B-A-L, and he had this big blonde mohawk. And they were like <laughs> they were similar to the Cramps. They were very mm. influenced by the Cramps. They were very psychotic and psychobilly and stuff like that. So we loved them. We went up after the show and we said. Yeah, you guys were great, man. You know, we just wanted to say that you were great. And they could tell our accents and said, oh, where are you guys from? And we said, uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis. And they're like, oh, really? The trash men? The trash men are from Minneapolis. And, and also the Novas was the other band who did the Crusher that they were they were really into those bands and that kind of music. So they, they found out we were staying there and they're like, oh, we got to get together and hang out. And, you know, the first time we hung out a week later, they said, let's go to this pub and see this little band called Pogue Mahone in the basement of the Hope and Anchor oh pub. Come on. And so it was the Pogues before they yes. even, and yeah, Pogue Mahone used yep. it, it translates to like kiss my arse and yes. it does indeed. And so they had to change it cuz the BBC wouldn't say it on the air. Right. But so we got to see that and so all this stuff happened because like we met this band who was fascinated with the Trashmen. Well, <laughs> but, I mean, and so it, well, go ahead. Oh no, you, you I got nothing. I mean, I, I have something, but I mean, like, if but there was an important but there, and if you want to add one final distinction to that story, please do. Well, no, I, I was going to jump to the next time that the Trashmen uh, came up in a very weird, unexpected way, so... Give me one more. Okay, so in 1987, someone that you guys may have heard of named Gigi Allen came oh, to dear. town to play that 7th Street entry. That's one person I don't regret that I never got to see. Yeah. I'm cool with that. <laughs> well, I'm 100% cool with not seeing Gigi Allen. So so the story is he came to town a day or two before his show, and he was being backed up by a band called the Fucking Shit Biscuits of fr- course. from town. <laughs> yep. And they were like real nice very guys. Very appropriate. They were very nice guys. They were nice guys. <laughs> I know. It's just funny. Oh, the Fucking Shit Biscuits. We're going to have them over to Grandma's place. Yeah. <laughs> but they like some of the guys in the band ran a recording studio called Mirror Image Recording Studio on DuPont Avenue. Mm. And so... Gigi was coming into town to record an album with them, and then they were going to back him up at 7th Street Entry. They asked me if I wanted to come and interview Gigi. So I said, 
okay. And so I went. I talked to him for a half hour in the kitchen. He was slugging down whiskey and hadn't showered in days and had his jailhouse tattoos. And, Oof. But then everybody said, well, we, we're going to go down to First Avenue tonight with Gigi because he wants to check it out and hang out. You want to go? And I said, okay. The trash men were playing that night. For real? And you yeah. had no uh, idea? Yeah. Well, I mean, we knew you know that they were playing. And so we went down, and I thought Gigi would hate them. He was so into them, he ripped like a poster off the wall <laughs> at, or something, a flyer or something, and he went and had them sign it for him. And he was so excited. He was running around, coming back. He was like, the trash men signed my poster. The trash <laughs> men signed. He was like a kid in a candy shop. And I'm wow. like, this is Gigi Allen. But then the next night, he showed his true colors and did his thing. Well, and, that's what I was going to say. I mean, like, you know. for a man who regularly, if not routinely, if not exclusively crapped on stage during his so-called performance, for him to get excited about that, that's an interesting thing to see about yeah. somebody. So, I mean, I'm wondering, you know, if the Trashman had any idea who he was or anything like that, but but he was all excited. And it then was- j- just last year, I had Nerdy on a library program, and he picked surfing bird is one of his songs and he was he was like i love this song and he was so excited so the trash men just keep that song just keeps going well it's part of minnesota heritage right and it's part of being a music fan and you've gone out to see so many shows and have so many of these incredible stories and as a librarian are able to articulate them and somehow probably unusually like a beautiful mind catalog them somewhere in your head which is why people have said to you your entire life you really ought to write a book, and now you're writing a book, which is going to be sort of the centerpiece of what's happening on Saturday at the Driftwood. But, Annie, you're also going to be there with your band. Now, we talked to you about a half year ago. You were on episode 201, and here we are on episode 243. Three? Thank you. So not quite a half a year ago. We talked to you not too long ago. Have you been busy since then? Are you working on new stuff? Yeah, we have. uh, We've written about 20 songs in the past Eight months, I Whoa, think, something that's like a that. Lot, that's a lot of songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And do you like all of them, or are there some that you just tolerate because the band likes them? No, we. You, uh, <laughs> no, I really love. I think we all really love these songs. There's yeah. like three or four that are like, I'm not sure what this is yet, but we're gonna we're gonna keep diving in and figuring that out. So we're gonna play some like four or five new songs on Saturday just to sort of get them out. You got to walk them around a little oh, bit. Of course you, you do. You know, so well, and they um, continue to grow, right? Exactly. I mean, they might not be finished yet. They sound good, but once you play them live, they might be different animals. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And anybody who goes out to see live music knows how that evolution happens so both of you you know i mean like john as a one of the most diehard music fans i've ever met annie as a longtime performer we're entering sort of a new era which should be like the old era but everyone's still sort of cautiously optimistic i don't know about you sean but i i want to get back out there yeah but i'm just I, I i have so many friends now i haven't been around any of them so no one needs to worry but i have so many friends who now are getting um COVID yes. for the first time and again it's not putting them in the hospital it's not destroying them but they are testing positive and it's still out there it's still very very active and Mm -hmm. so i'm a little reticent to get back out into the big scene but i know most places are being very safe they're taking all the necessary precautions got to prove vaccination got to wear a mask it's all cool i'm good with it but i'm i'm so thirsty for that experience again you know that as i know performers are as i know fans are you're thirsty for it so tell me about what the driftwood's going to look like on saturday night just a couple nights from now i know john that you're going to read from the the as yet unfinished manuscript of this giant tome that you're writing annie i know you're performing who else did you tell me was going to be there Kind of Fonda Wanda, which is a Wanda Jackson tribute band. Right on. Uh, My buddy Drew Miller is in the band. Uh, I worked with him back in KFAI days, and, you know, he was uh, in Boiled in Lead, formed Boiled in Lead. Uh, But they're doing, yeah, the the woman who sings does a great Wanda Jackson. I I just heard. That's no small feat, by the way. I mean, when we're talking about women, legendary women in American music, rockabilly, country, whatever. I mean, Wanda Jackson is relatively singular and not a household name unless you grew up in a household with that kind of music being played there. Yeah, so they're great. We just actually heard that they're going to be playing as a trio instead of their usual like four-person band because one of the members, I guess, has COVID. Right. But the others are fine, and so they're practicing, and they said, well, we can do it fine as a trio. So it'll be cool anyway. So they're playing. Yeah, everything's fine, Sean. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here. Nope, what time is this show on Move Saturday? Along. So it's at 7, doors okay. at 7. Okay. For the first hour, it's DJ and meet and greet and stuff. Um, then Kind of Fonda Wanda plays 7 to, or no, 8, eight to nine. 9, 9.15 to 9.45. I'm reading and like... 
10 uh, to t- 11. 10 to 11, and he's going to rock it out for the, to end off. And Drew said something cool. So he's going to be the DJ, and it's also he said he wanted to sort of create like an art gallery vibe, right? Because people can just like listen to yeah. the music and look at the art, and right. it's going to be this kind of cool thing. So Fabulous. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and actually a couple of guests who have been on this show have had their art featured there as well. In fact, one of them has a couple pieces hanging in this room right now. That would be one Shane Gallivan of the legendary Minneapolis band Crudler, who um, I will phone call to. I, you know what I need in my life? And I know we all need one, but I really need a handler or a producer. Oh. The number of phone calls I forget or leads that I put out that don't follow up on... <clears throat> <laughs> you need an intern. You need an intern. Oh, I probably <laughs> have ten people right now that have reached out, and and it's just so it's so hard to. Yeah, and they're like, "Hey, Brian reached out to me. Wants to have us on the podcast. You have any idea what's going on with that?" Well, I, I know like, that well, you get a flood. I get a flood, and it's yeah. like we're trying to manage it all, and yeah. it's a it's a nice compliment, but it's very tough to try to schedule. Well, I mean, because this again, the podcast is important to us, right? Yeah. But it's it's also. Only one of the things that you and I are both involved in, but it's always fun, you know. Like there, especially on the busy days where I'm like, "Oh, fucking podcast today." But then I find that Sean and I get to sit on the other side of the table from interesting types, creative types, people who live in this community, people who have great stories, know how to tell great stories, and I never, ever, ever regret sitting down to do this very thing that we're doing right now, which is episode two forty three of the Brian Oak Show. Now we're going to talk about one of the more interesting, challenging, and fascinating individuals in the twin. City's music community, Venus to Mars. Why'd you pick this song? All right. Well, Venus to Mars is, as you said, a very uh, interesting person. She is a transgender musician um, who has been making music in the Twin Cities uh, since the 80s. All right. And her first uh, album that she put out in the 80s was under her birth name or dead name, whatever, however you want to right. say it, Stephen Grandel. Uh, but she keeps that in print like every time a print run runs out she she reprints it so she's still proud of that music but in about 88 or so she came out as transgender Mm -hmm. and that this is like years before like nowadays obviously there's still discrimination and hate and all that kind of stuff but people a lot of people tend to know more about being transgender and we have more context for it now right but in the late 80s Transgender, I wouldn't have known what you were talking about if someone had told me they were transgender. I mean, I probably could have sussed it out from context, but we're in a better place today to understand and support and accept than we were 35 years ago. Right. So, yeah. And so her, and her story is fascinating because she got married to her wife, uh, Lynette, back when she was still um, presenting as male and then later came out to Lynette after they'd been married a number of years, um, said, you know, I'm transgender, I'm, I feel female, you know, and then went through all the different, uh, you know, tr- uh, transitioning. Um, but they stayed together. I mean, they had difficulties and stuff. And so each of them wrote, has been working on writing a book about mm-hmm. their um, personal experience with this. And a few years ago, I went to see a reading where they each read from their unpublished manuscripts from their book. Um, and it was fascinating. And Lynette's book is finally going to come out next month or no, next year. Um, and Venus is, is maybe going to be, take a little bit longer, but, um, but that's fascinating. If you want to know more about, of uh, different things with Venus, um, I did a fascinating discussion with her last June for the vinyl revival album encounters uh, program. Uh, if it's up on YouTube, and you can watch it, but you can also just listen to it. It sounds good just listening to it like it's a podcast. Um, but if you, you know, if you uh, Google Venus Vinyl Hennepin Library or something like that, you, you know, you can find that up there. And, and we had a fascinating discussion where she opened up about all sorts of things. Um, but yeah, I've been babbling too long. But so her main band is All the Pretty Horses, um, which started in the '90s. They've been going almost 30 years. Um, they still play out some last year at the hook, some on top of a van, but they did bands and vans <laughs> right. and they're playing at the hook again this June. They're kind of glam rock punk, uh, Venus wears a lot kind of fetish kind of outfits on stage. It's, it's wonderful, uh, to watch. Um, and the song is, yeah. And so the, and so this song is not all the pretty horses. This is her solo, um, she did a solo acoustic album under the name Venus de Mars, and this is a song she said is about being trans, and it's uh, featuring Laura Jane Grace, who's another transgender artist 
that Venus toured with at one point. Um, she's uh, Laura sings for Against Me. And this is a song that they did called Take My Shoulder. very favorite things about venus is mm. the the very very slight tremolo in venus's voice is so reminiscent of bowie yes. the very, very first time yes. i ever saw venus to mars was at the annual bowie tribute right and wow i mean 
My favorite thing about an artist, and I've talked about this on virtually every podcast that I've done, is no matter who they are, I don't know, I don't care if you're a bureaucrat, I don't care if you're a baker, I don't care if you're a musician, if I believe what you're doing and I believe that you believe what you're doing, it goes a lot towards selling it and moving the conversation and the experience forward for everybody. I believe Venus to Mars, and I did. It's always satisfying stuff and always very, very good. Um, and as mentioned earlier, Sean, you are making a donation to Venus on behalf of a certain guest on the show. Yeah, John and Westy Copeland are selling their place. They're moving on to Vermont to the... They bought the farm. No, they're they're, <laughs> wow. they're moving on to the family Ouch. family Ouch. lot in Vermont, and um, I want to go out there and visit them. Sometime. Well, you can anybody. Yeah. We have so much space. We got lots of uh, two hundred sixty something acres of, for real of land. Yes, will yeah. will there be chickens? The country. Yes, we will get chickens. We okay. have chickens in the city, but we're definitely. I know you get, do. We're definitely I know. Gonna That's get why I asked. Will there be sheep? I don't know about the sheep. How do we feel about goats? Probably at least a chinchillas. Ho- a ho- well, there's a horse there now, and then my kid probably wants to get another horse at some point. Mink? We'll, we'll see. The dogs. What about mink? Know. You could have a mink farm. <laughs> Maybe. Actually, that that goes the wrong direction. I'm sorry I even brought that up. I, once again, I took it too far. We but, we are talking to Annie Ann King and John Copeland. The big event is coming up this weekend. What are we going to see tonight? What we're going to see that night on Saturday at the Driftwood is DJ Drew playing a little music while people get together, mingle, get in the mood for things. Kind of fond of Wanda, which sounds like a nice kick in the ass to get things started. John Copeland's going to be reading from his as-yet-unfinished manuscript, but highly desirable. I mean, you must have been told a bazillion times you should write a book, because I really, I was not damning you with faint praise, and I was not trying to use hyperbole. I don't know anybody who goes to as many shows as you do, and you seem to be able to recollect them very well and articulate the things that mattered to you at those shows. It's going to make a fantastic book, so I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. And then, of course, Annie, who also joins us here today of Annie and the Bang Bang is going to be um, rounding things out and melting faces that evening. Now, Annie, let me ask you this. Beyond this event that's happening on Saturday, you're getting back out more this summer, this fall, this year? Yes. What yep. do you, well, like, where, when, how do people find you? What, if people are like, shit, yeah, I want to know more about Annie and the Bang Bang, where do they go? What's the best place for them to go? Well, we have a Facebook page, but that feels like a ghost town right now. So I'd say <clears throat> our website, which is AnnieandTheBangBang.com. Okay. And yeah, we're going to play all over the place this summer. And uh, we're going to go back band. on tour. We're going to tour in Colorado. We finally get to do that oh. again. So we're going to take our three days off and like work on music and like go for hikes and make food and have our communal experience. Uh, Sean, I have one word for you as to why Annie and the Bang Bang are going to Colorado for those days. Edibles. Okay. Yeah, that, that is, and you know what? No shame in that game. <laughs> Not judging. Look, I'm leaving, I'm leaving for California in less than a month. And if you don't think that I'm going to have a big, fat, silly looking weed gummy, you're sorely mistaken. Oh, it'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Please no, it'll... don't use social media. What? <laughs> During that time. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, nothing. Okay. (laughs) So you do have an exciting summer out in front of you. You are going to travel. You are going to tour. And you're going to do more stuff. Now, you've talked about how you've written nearly 20 songs. I also know, though, that when when you talk about we're working on a new album, sometimes that means this album is three months away. Other times that means this album is four and a half years away. Mm. Where on that spectrum, if you had to guess, do you think you are? I'm really driven by the fear of mortality. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, like we're going to record this album in November and then I want it to we want it to be out by next Feb like the next summer. OK, so we're going to like really come 2023. Yeah, like early summer 2023. But in the meantime, we also have this other album that's getting ma- mixed and mastered now that will release this fall. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, so, we're talking about within less than a half year's time, we're talking about maybe two new records. Yeah. The, Fabulous. The one that we're working on for later in the summer literally could be a double album, but I don't know that there's demand for that idea right now. So we might just do like four EPs or is just this, two albums. Is this you know? your Sergeant Peppers? Is that what you're telling me right now? Well, uh, I don't think we have the best. I mean, like we don't you have the clothes that they have for that I, album so yeah. you know you what I mean it's not going to be that nobody but, you wants know. you to dress with the epaulets and everything <laughs> nobody wants you in some sort of vaguely military <laughs> uniforms but they would probably love a sprawling magnum opus from Annie and the Bang Bang so well that's cool I mean that that's exciting it's it's fun it's got to it's got to taste good to be able to see it right in front of you and know that there's music on the way that there's performance on the way there's travel on the way it's got to make you make you hopeful about 2022 
to. It does. Yeah. Having okay. things to look forward to is really important. Well, it is. And also, when you talk about fear of mortality, I've lived with that since I was a five-year-old. You're talking about general fear of mortality. You're fine, right? Oh, yeah. No, I'm fine. Okay, good. But it's like, that's a driving force. When I was 48, I was in the shower, I was taking a shower, and a little voice came into my head and said, you have five years. Holy shit. I was like, oh, my Ooh. God. That's the David Bowie song, you have five years. I know. And Venus covers that song on that same yes. album. Exactly. <laughs> that was one of the first things I ever saw her perform live, and it was haunting. It was absolutely brilliant. So we have lots to look forward to. AnnieandTheBangBang.com, correct? All yes. right. So, John, you are moving to Vermont. I don't know that I have any sweaters good enough to come and visit you, but maybe one day if I make it out to the East Coast, I will. Now, you have been an avid librarian involved in the Hennepin County Library System for a long time. Will you resume your librarianic duties? That's probably not even a word, and you would know better than me. Will, but, but will you try to pursue your, 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 you know, your career, or are you just going to become, as opposed to, say, a ski bum in Colorado or a surf bum in California, are you just going to become a sky-jumping bum in Vermont? Uh, I will try to find work out there. Now, it might not necessarily be full-time, although if I find something good full-time, I'll do it. Right. So I've got enough year, even though I'm only going to be 50, I turned 58 this summer, right. uh, I still have so many years in that I'm able to do early retirement. So I will be pulling a pension, a retirement, you oh. know, but it's not going to be, you know, enough to totally live on. No, no, I get that. So, but I mean, but yeah. the fact that you have a job right now doing something as interesting as you do that pulls a pension, I think that's fucking rad. Man. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So I'm probably, I mean, you can be, they have like a substitute librarian pool in Vermont, yeah, yeah. so I might jump in there. I Are you going to be way out in the sticks? Are you going to be in near, anywhere near an urban area at all? Well, we're going to be kind of in the sticks, but there's cities that are not too far away. Right. And, um, you know, maybe I'll go to Dartmouth and New Hampshire is not too far. They have a college, so maybe I can get a library job there. We'll have to see what happens. But, but Adjunct yeah. professor librarian John Copeland. Nice. I said, then I'll never be able to get any of your time ever again, unfortunately. <laughs> Let's uh, So one last time, we're going to do a recap of what's coming up this Saturday, and then we got to wrap up the show because we're nearing in on our hour mark here. It's going to be called, What Are We Going To? Are you saying? We already talked, didn't we? Oh, yeah, just, I'm hot. Cool I'm off. warm. Yeah, <laughs> I just saw Annie take he off her menopause jacket. Too. I'm yeah. really, really hot. <laughs> <Okay>. men, <laughs> menopause. Yeah, no. Menopause. I thought that what we were doing is the last few minutes, every few seconds, somebody would take off an article of clothing. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've literally, in 243 episodes, never done that once on this show. That's and I promise you, true. after gaining my COVID-25, <laughs> oh, yeah. we're for sure not fucking starting today. Okay? We are not starting today. It's called, what are we going to see tonight, this Saturday at the driftwood you're going to see a dj you're going to meet and greet you're going to see a brilliant wanda cover band kind of fond of wanda john copeland's going to read from his as yet to be finished manuscript i I know it's impossible to tell me exactly eyeball it for me ballpark it for me how long till you're ready to submit your book for publishing roughly Boy, I don't know. We got to see if any publishers are interested. Or okay, how long till you have a finished product in your hand that you want to submit to publishers? Oh, it'll probably take a little while, maybe a year or something. Um, okay. We might have a couple chapters pretty soon that we could give them, like sample chapters. But then we're gonna have to finish it. And um, a lot of our memorabilia that we want to have some photos of and stuff is in boxes in Vermont. So we right. got to get there and get the pictures. Um, but yeah, we're. I'm not we're looking good. for promises. I'm just wondering, yeah. you know, I mean, like this is obviously going to be an extreme labor of love that is, well, literally taken a lifetime to accumulate, right? Yeah. And so I just, you know, when when it's ready, when it's good to go, how are people going to know? Do you have a website? Will you be just working through a publisher? If people are like, well, I heard about John Copeland's book and I'm wondering where the hell it is, where will they find out where the hell it is? Yeah, I don't really have a web page or anything like that. I mean, I'll, of course, be plugging it on Facebook. Like You I, need you know. an intern more than I do. <laughs> you need an intern more than I do, my good we'll man. We'll certainly be advertising it wherever we can, on social media, whatever. But, Understood. Yeah. Well, and we'll be happy to promote it here as well. You've got that. You'll be reading from it coming up uh, this Saturday night from 9.15 to 9.45. And then to round out the evening, Annie and the Bang Bang, Annie, Annie King. I, thank you both very much for coming thank in. You John guys. Copeland, yeah, thank you. Great to, see, great you to see you both again. And you're both welcome back. Anytime you feel like coming in, we're going to hear one more song and then we're going to call it. And John, I don't know. When do you leave for Vermont? Uh, I'm actually working through mid-July. So I'm here about three more months. Um, And there's a weird thing. I can't run out my vacation time. So I got all this vacation time. So I'm taking six weeks off, basically getting settled. 
but then I'll be back around state fair time first part of September to work a couple more weeks and then officially retire in September. Are you vegetarian? Yes, I am. Damn it. I was going to say, find me at the state fair and I'll buy you a Prano Pup, baby. Annie, if you come out to the state fair, find me and I'll buy you a Prano Pup. That sounds good. All right. I'll, I'll, very good. And I'll find something. You can buy me cheese curds. Yeah. yeah. That can't Corn. possibly be vegetarian, are they? Yeah, they're not. Well, you're not vegan, right? No, I'm, you're not, vegetarian. I'm not vegan. No. Yeah. yeah. So you can, right. he can eat cheese curds. All right. All right. Very good. All right. Well, thank you to both of you. We're going to wrap things up right now. And we're going to end this with a song that actually literally no album probably changed my life more in, than in 1984 when Zen Arcade came out by Husker Du. Um, and it's a fascinating, brilliant. I had no context for it. It's a fascinating, brilliant exploration the entire way through. Perhaps the very first truly melodic hardcore record, or at least at the highest level of that particular form of expression, and it influenced generations and continues to do so. John, you picked out the song that wraps up the entire album right here, Um, and it's a Grant Hart tune. Why'd you pick this one? Yeah. I love this song, by the way. Well, I mean, this album, uh, we have this you know, shared thing that we both love this album. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to see Husker Du in the early 80s. I saw him dozens of times at Duffy's and the Upper Deck and all the places. Um, and then I had my radio show on KFAI, so I had them on the show a number of times. And actually, the third time they were on the show, it was both Bob and Grant. I'm going to be reading a little bit of, from this interview tomorrow. Um, and I'm asking them about like Saturday, what, what or, or Saturday, yes, yeah, Saturday, that's the 16th. Fine. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be, uh, so I was asking them about Zen Arcade or about what their next, next album is. And Bob said, well, the next album that's going to come out in like three months is a double album and it's very adventurous and you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was hearing about Zen Arcade and I had no idea wow. how important this album was going to be to me. Um, we've got a huge framed poster of it in our house, or at least we did before we had to clean up the house. Right. Um, the <laughs> first album, the first vinyl revival uh, show that we had, a program at the library was on Zen Arcade. Mm-hmm. And recently, I had the cover of Zen Arcade tattooed on my leg 38 years later. So I'm, I'm pretty hardcore about uh, this album. And well, this you're band. pretty hardcore in general. Right? Let's, <laughs> let's be honest. You're basically tatted from ankle to wrist over your entire body. Getting close. Everyone's favorite punk punk rock librarian. If I do not see you again between now and your departure, I hope I see you this fall. Good luck in your adventures, Annie. I hope you have a great year ahead. Sean, good luck because your evening sounds nuts. Yes, it's going to be crazy. Good luck to you as well. Me, I'm going to go home and lay on the couch with a cat. And so here we are. We're going to wrap things up with, oh, man, a little talking at the beginning when she goes, Ready? I fucking love this song so, so very much. Good luck to both of you. The show is coming up on Saturday at the Driftwood. You can find out more online. Go to the Driftwood's website. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in to The Brian Oak Show, episode 243. Here's Husker Du.